The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. G'day guys, it's Peachy here. You're listening to Chris and Voltsy on the Intermediate Line podcast. This episode of The Intermediate Line is brought to you by Manic Tackle Project, the only company who knows fly fishing as well as you do. And Beast Brushes, Australian-made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. Tea? What do you reckon it's gonna be coffee, coffee breath tea or something? I don't, like? I don't know. Maybe, maybe who knows, mate? I thought you knew. I really thought you knew. Tartar tea. <laughs> <laughs> what about this Victorian tea? Tasmanian wow. Tooth. I think Victorian <laughs> teeth is just a matter of just not washing anything, right? <laughs> 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 With Victorian teeth, they actually ban you to clean your teeth, and you still do it in another state. Is that? <laughs> God damn, oh, did you see that on the news today that there's some vicos that just came up they 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 breached fucking lockdown which i really feel sorry for all the victorians who are in lockdown that sounds terrible but yeah. some karen decided she's too good for that and came up to queensland and proceeded to go to not only just into queensland oh we might go to bunnings let's go to the let's go to the uh Kiwana shopping center like with thousands of people why don't we go to i don't know the, <laughs> the movies like just all these places of extreme public exposure yeah coffee shops the beach oh, man it's like she's a member of the Taliban or something man like they did like she did it on purpose 
<laughs> it's like it's intentional. It's crazy, man. They should string that silly woman up. Oh, I can't believe it. I just, you know, the rest, the rest of Victoria. Well, we think at this stage is doing the right thing. Mm. You know, or they're meant to be, and other people are suffering. And um, uh, you know, and he, someone thinks they're above this and and breaks quarantine. You know, breaks the rules. Now, I'm going to take a punt based on my life experience in here, and I don't know how old this woman is or whatever, but we yeah. know it's the news reporter's woman. But I'm going to guess that she's probably in her mid-50s, got like a, a short bob haircut, maybe shaved up a bit on the back of the neck a bit there, probably has a, a body type that of a bottle, and um, probably likes to ask to see the manager a lot, I'm imagining. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, can picture, I can picture this. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, Karen, it's uh, I'm so glad that terminology's come about. It, it just the it's name so just explains it so well, doesn't it? I know, it's yeah, it's spot on. Yeah, hey man, I heard a um, uh, you know, I, I heard that uh, consumption of alcohol has gone through the roof through uh, through COVID, particularly in lockdown. Hey, regions that are in lockdown have all been um, uh, sink and piss. Well, they're not at work; they're at home. You think they're sick of eating hand sanitizer and they're just going for real alcohol now? <laughs> <laughs> think that's what's going on. Posed a few problems for the breweries keeping up supply too, eh? So, really? Yeah, good times. Yeah, good times if you if you got shares in uh, in uh, the breweries and Carlton United is probably one of the you know the bigger ones. But um, yeah, hey, uh, got, got a question good. for you, man? Oh yeah, cool. Shoot. Yeah. Um, in 2020, who made Victoria bitter? This this is a trivial one. What? Are you telling me that the, the manufacturer's premises or uh, nominated uh, licensee of manufacturer changed? Is that what you're saying? Just answer the question, man. Who made Victoria bitter in 2020? <laughs> is it okay? Is, hang on. I just gotta gotta maybe understand that it's probably not Victoria bitter the drink. <laughs> Yeah, Dan Andrews is the right answer. Oh, is it? Yeah, I thought it was something like that, right? <laughs> Your tell was just answer the question, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You, you dodged it there, but anyway, maybe the Victorians will like that. Maybe they won't. Yeah, there's a good chance they won't. <laughs> a good chance we're pushing boundaries. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, though. Hey, um, you know, while you're in lockdown, this could be a good time to be learning a new fly. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, we should we should actually explain the show tonight a little bit, I guess, right now. Um, good opportunity. A good opportunity at the start. Explain it right from the start, right from the get go. We don't want to get anyone confused or you know expecting something that's not going to happen. Um, so we were due to have a guest on tonight. Uh, won't we won't call who it is and. Uh, last minute change due to some weather in in the guest area. Mm. Uh, Had a few blackouts. A few blackouts, and not because of the alcohol consumption, but because of the power. But um, and uh, and just unable to um, guarantee communication through the uh, through yeah. this trying time. So we've postponed that guest. Yeah, yeah, we've postponed him, and I couldn't think of anything more frustrating. Post Malone. Post Malone. Yeah. Getting, getting halfway through the story and then having to drop out. That would have been frustrating as fuck. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Speaking of Post Malone, I wonder how Alex is going some days, but then I don't <laughs> worry about it. 
<laughs> so getting back to um, learning and learning a new fly. Yeah, uh, I think it's. Uh, I think you know, like uh, you know, like um, that would be that would be a good thing to start doing. You know, why yeah. not? You know, so. Is there One a of the, context to this, mate? Like, is it yeah, mate? yeah. There's a fly that there's a fly that I'm interested in in tying, yeah. and I like I, I must admit, like uh, aside from uh, Bob uh, Pat Cohen's DVD for Stack Deer Hair, that mm-hmm. um, um, and Bob Popvig's book, I don't really refer to too much. I don't I don't get onto YouTube and check out tying videos, but there is one recently that I was inspired by another Australian tire to have a look at, uh, and the, those are um, those flat wings that al simpson's been tying have just really caught my attention you know they um they really do like they're they're an old school fly they've been around for a long time i can remember getting introduced to them really early in my fly fishing like in you know like uh in the in the early 2000s i remember taking some to weeper you know and i'm um, not realizing what they were just thought that was a staple thing but never seen them since until recent couple of years they uh, really seem to within australia or even around the world they seem to have um gained popularity again yeah, have you noticed that, or is it just me who's noticing that? Have you noticed they're gaining a bit of a bit of momentum going on at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So, look, my my background's slightly different to yours. You know, I I, I do like fly fishing, obviously. Um, do you? fly tying? I I follow, but not as closely as you. You know, because this is your core business. This is your your livelihood. Um, so I, I tend to take a little bit less of a view. But it's over. Um, it's overwhelming how much uh, focus is on is on um you know some some of the old school patterns i'd say ones that are tied particularly with naturals um seeing more and more of those uh yeah so uh yeah maybe it's the circles are moving in maybe it's instagram you know algorithms or whatever but definitely noticing you know a lot more um a lot a lot more natural materials and um you know what what you'd almost call sort of old school patterns yeah Uh, yeah which is probably unfair because there's still a lot of development going on in them. Yeah, yeah. In what? In the old school patterns? Yeah. Well, you're using using tech, you know, old school techniques, really, or or, or you know, to, to quick to keep developing and and building on, you know, um, you know, some of these patterns that have been around for a while. Well, that's. I mean, it's not unique that these these patterns, these traditional techniques, would come back to fly tying or fly fishing or even the fishing industry, really. Mm. I mean, I, in other industries I've been in, with involved with with the construction, there's been companies that have been around that uh, sole purpose has been to de-skill and to market that de-skilling for an easier path for uh, maybe a little less quality. But uh, but who cares? You know, you don't have to worry about learning it. You can get get to that level quicker, sort of idea. You know, and there's been a lot of uh, de-skilling products around and pushes towards natural materials to um, to overtake. Uh, sorry, synthetic materials to overtake natural materials. Mm. And you know, for a lot of people who who understand, which you know, I think it'd be fair it's fair to say that the the, the minority of flight the flight time community has a good grasp of natural materials, because there's so many um, there's so many opportunists that that realise that it's easier to get easier to get hold of synthetics than it is to natural materials. Yep. Um, and then you know they're obviously the louder ones to pr- be promoting it, and it's just a shame to see de-skilling of things things like that. You know, and it's. Um, yeah, some products are genuinely better without losing the de-skilling. Like UV resin is a classic example. I think that's a, a step up compared to epoxy, five-minute epoxy. I really do. Yeah. Um, but you're never, ever going to be able to replicate um, bucktail, as an example, or feathers. Never. Yeah. Yep. You know, 
those two those two uh, mainstays of fly time materials are, are here to stay forever whether you like it or not and they're always going to come back around and that's potentially the reason why um you know uh flat wings are probably coming back around i mean the popularity of bob popovic's patterns through bucktail and feathers has sort of always been there but you know that camp uh, camp popovich has always been quite good at marketing themselves with that whereas something like flat wings you never see bob popovich do flat wings you know, i've never seen him do it you know I've, I, you would probably argue that some of his patterns are probably modeled off it you know potentially yeah. and only he could answer that but the guy lives in like flat wing capital you know like really where where the pattern comes from in striper land you know really the right. other day is that yeah, sold flat wings i mean correct me if i'm wrong but there's there's been there's been sort of flat wing designs in um in some of the atlantic salmon flies over the years from yeah you know, from you know parts of europe and that as well right yeah absolutely like there's um there's a lot of different ways to talk in conversations i had with al Al's been, Al Simpson's been quite, quite, uh, uh, orchestral, orchestral, what the fucking word I'm looking for? Orchestral? Quite a, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, keep Quite going. a big part <laughs> in my, uh, in my learning. <laughs> I'll edit that shit out. Um. Leave it in there, man. He's, he's you sure? Yeah, yeah, he's, you yeah. sure? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for you, I will, Volts. No Thanks, problem. Man. Um, so Al's been, yeah, I've been having conversations with Al about this quite a bit. Al's. Al's um, Al sort of brought him back into Australia in a big way, and uh, you know his flies. I can see him selling on the co-op there, selling overseas. He's selling them, selling them to people around there and and in yeah. Australia. Um, but I heard uh, our sister podcast, old SVS podcast over there in Pennsylvania. I heard Mark Mark Burns talk about flat wings one day. How they would they they are they you could easily consider them to be the original game changer because of just the way you tie those flies in uh, the feathers in flat. The way that the water acts on them, they they do they get they wiggle from side to side, really well. You know they're um they're kind of a you wouldn't call them a uh, an upgraded deceiver because I mean deceivers have been around for so long and they're just a different pattern to, to tie. Although similar with bucktail and feathers, but the the and here's this word again the hydrodynamics um that's that's acts on those uh the use of materials on a flat wing just by the tying technique is pretty fucking incredible really. And if, you, if you've never seen one swim in the water, I'm sure you could find a video of it somewhere. But Al's got a video up on it on on his Instagram page. He reckon, you know, yeah, G, yeah, GTs just climb all over those things. He reckons that's why that's why he ties them, and that's the reason why he's got into developing them further. You know, just um, it's a big, it's a soft landing big fish fly that's easy to cast. Um, yeah. and you know the guys over there, fish with stripers, like to like to build them quite thin, sand eels and things like that. But you can make them quite bulky and give them more of a bait, a bait fish profile. But at the end of the day, they're going to be like a slender profile pattern. But for applications like salmon, like a soft landing fly for salmon, like Australian salmon, you can build them the same size as what you said for the, for the Atlantic salmon flies that those guys have. Um, those flat wings are built a little bit differently to the guys who make stripers, size for stripers. Uh, and you know, but similar techniques and similar principles as to the way the water flows over them. They're they're quite clever. They're very clever, you know. I reckon. And when you break them down, they're not a technical fly, but they're a very well. They are in in the fact that they need to be done a certain way. But they're not a hard fly to tie. That's probably a better way to put it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So getting uh, getting things like the proportions and. Well, not even even that really just the the actual securing the the material to the hook is is not you know say as critical as it is uh in some flies is that what you're saying 
like the technique and that. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's really old school. Like I mean, the the way that they tie it, they don't they design the the tying process so you don't need to add glues or resins and stuff to it. You know, it's all. At, at, I think the most that the the traditional guys who do it add to it is wax. Like they might use an unwaxed thread to build it, but when they build the head, they'll they'll wax the thread to finish it off, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's um. Yeah, you really need to see one in the water for it. But I mean, like I said, for applications for the things like salmon, where you got like um, a small fly or tuna, even like you got this, this small fly. I mean, the saddles, saddles designed for for flat wing type type flies. Like uh, probably not going to surprise people that I mentioned beast brushes here. But the saddles that we've got there, they're not designed for for dry flies. They're designed for these sort of flies: deceivers, flat wings, hollows, Bufords, all that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. big difference in in saddle selection, but. You want that, uh, what they call like a sword shape, you know? So like, um, yeah, have you ever seen Conan the Barbarian? Yeah, mate, great movie. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with that, but um, but like, um, <laughs> but surely you've seen Game of Thrones, though, right? You were impressed with his sword, though, weren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, te- yeah. I definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> Now I've seen your parodies of Conan the Barbarian at your house, and, and <laughs> let's just say they're not comedy parodies, okay? You know, and I'm wondering if where, you, where you're taking me with that when I ask me about the sword, but yeah, the sword shape of a traditional steel sword, right? Um, yeah. You know, wide, like a like you know, thin at the hilt. I suppose where you thin at the hilt, that where you would see this blade come out and where the barbs yeah. are. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to yeah. describe, but. If you look for that sword shape in a, in a feather, that's that's what you ideally want for not yeah. only um, flat wings, but also for um, deceivers and stuff like that as well. And the other flies that I mentioned. Yeah, new movie coming out, dude. Conan the Victorian. Yeah. <laughs> this is on someone, doesn't wash his hands, and then he's locked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the quest for breaking the, the uh, curfew, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 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 get to the chopper does he say that no. <laughs> get to the basin wash your hands <laughs> oh man I, did, I thought this shit was over most of the shit we've had on this podcast has been sledging Victorians about COVID oh, yeah it's been a pretty common theme for us so. yeah it's low hanging fruit that's for sure <laughs> could, easily, yeah, could easily be New South Wales you know yeah yep. yeah yeah. So, you know, like while you're in lockdown and, uh, you know, you're making your own screenplay for your Escape the Lockdown movie, why not uh, Why not learn a new fly? I, I, like, flat wings are fucking great. You know? yeah. why, not, why not take the time to, to learn, like, uh, stack deer hair, another natural material, you know? It's um, another another sort of skill that's that's enduring uh, through, the t- through the test of time. I mean, the, the, the developments in foam... Um, I mean, foam's a great material. Um, you know, right? You know, like I don't want to. I don't want to see show that. See that as like a de-skilling product, but it's a it's an easier alternative to deer hair, and there are definitely advantages to deer hair, particularly with cod fishermen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. I don't know why cod fishermen don't climb all over deer hair. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It's not as it's not as fast as as foam. But you're in lockdown, man. You can't go anywhere. Like if you if you can't learn to tie a deer hair diver. Get yourself the DVD, the Pat Cohen DVD, and get yourself a bit of deer hair, and I guarantee you, like third go, you'll be tying them at a level that you could sell them. I'm telling you that that DVD will will accelerate your learning for that a million times over. 
Yeah, right. Can't emphasize that enough. It's, I, I've, I knew how to tie Dahlbergs before I saw that DVD, but then it let, like, I'll give you an example. Like, I sold some de- deer hair divers to Darren Brack once, and then I got that DVD, and then within a couple of weeks, I was tying them next level. Dar- Darren says to me, can I send these ones back for an exchange? I'm like, uh, no, mate. <laughs> Sorry. I can't help that when you engaged me, I didn't have the skill that I have now, but uh, yeah, anyway. But yeah, I mean, like, it's uh, there's plenty of advantages to deer hair over foam in that respect. Uh, I, I, You hear people refer to it as king all the time. The guys who tie and fish deer hair know this. The guys who fish tie and fish deer hair can also tie foam, and they know it's faster, quicker, and probably cheaper at the end of the day. But, you know, those guys will always fish deer hair. I, I just noticed that the guys who, who tie foam flies probably aren't very good at tying deer hair so it's uh you know that's that's the point of observation for those who are wondering who to pay attention to if you know what i mean um if you want to break down the physics of it and so that i mean deer hair sits lower in the water it's um it's got it's got less it's it's heavier to get pushed out of the way and that's my always argument in regards to it when i see it for bass and toga or even barra you got these fish that will push water at at a buoyant fly they'll literally push it out of the way or they'll hit the leader and there's just not enough weight in it to to stay there like in that in the meniscus is that the right word and um no probably not i should probably stop trying to throw these big words around without the source <laughs> right <laughs> it, it is related it's probably not the right word i eh? you know the, the meniscus is normally the the bit on the side of the test tube um, the way that, that curves yeah. up like a skating ramp, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. in the, the VB laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> we need a bit more hops. Yeah. More, you know, a bit more malt. That one doesn't taste like urine enough, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this one just doesn't quite have that biting meniscus that I was after. <laughs> I love the meniscus in an IPA. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you drink IPA? No. Nah. Yeah, not into it, mate. Not into I thought it. IPA stood for IPS excellence. <laughs> uh, look, you know it's uh, it's quite refreshing, um, but you know uh, I'd probably prefer to drink an apple cider. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. Wow. Have yeah. you told your wife that you buy yet, or? Um... <laughs> 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 Yeah, there's gonna be people listening to this either, gonna be... yeah. sorry mate don't drink apple cider either you good. don't no okay no. mate cool cool yeah. no worries yeah. uh no i don't i don't know a razor scooter either though you know so um yeah those are the sort of parallels <laughs> that i'd like to draw between apple cider <laughs> and razor scooters <laughs> not a big deal mate i'm not judging it's just an observation yeah sure mate yeah yeah yeah, yeah man so, um, so what do you think about tying new fly, mate? Well, if you're going to sit down and you're in Victoria and had all the time in the world to twiddle your thumbs and couldn't go anywhere because you coughed on people, uh-huh. is is there a fly that you'd like to uh, work on? Well, actually, yeah, the uh, the flat wing is one you and I have spoken about a few times. Uh, for, yeah. ex- for exactly that that reason, you know, I'm like, I want to give um, GT flats GTs a, a a good nudge, and they're, they're sort of. One of the things, you're never sure exactly where you're going to target them or, or when. They Sometimes they just happen. Mm. Um, but, you know, I do I do love flies. I do love natural flies. Um, and lamp. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, um, 
That's quite off-putting, man. <laughs> I wanted to, I just, I just like, yeah, I felt like I just yeah. pushed you into a mud puddle, and I just want to see you keep, you keep the momentum to get out of it, but you couldn't do it, which was no. really interesting. Well done. Yeah, so that's that's a fly I'd like to let, to learn. Flat wings, um, hollow flies, maybe, um, but you know, obviously, you need the right materials, and you know, you have to rely on a good retailer to to sort me out there. Um, there are flies I'd like to improve on. Um, you know, we, you and I have spoken about a few things with with game changers recently. Um, yeah. So a little theory of I've got uh, want to test out that I've got some of those um, some of those hooks we spoke about. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. Let's keep that yeah. under wraps for the moment, eh? Yeah. Sure, man. Yep. Yeah. Then um, yeah, there's I've well, here's here's the thing. I'm, I was looking at a stream art crab I tied up a while ago. I think I showed you that one. Um, might have put some photos up with, a, with the sinker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just want to refine that a little bit. So there's there's a little play I want, I want to make with that. With the um, I want to get a little bit more hook gate for the same size hook. Um, yep. I thought of a way to to do that. You know, with it at, at not at the expense of the carapace, but of the legs. Yep. So, um, oh, yeah. I got Oh, I got to. I I've been doing that for myself for this trip away. You know, like same thing. Just try yes. to get a little more gape. Do you yeah, want to talk about it or not? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I mean, fuck. Yeah, go for it. Yep. Fuck right out. No worries. Look, yeah. man. There's um. There's, uh, you know, like a like an undertow there of people that I know that that comment on that stuff. Like it's uh like Beachy calls them soft plastics. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's in Victoria, so he doesn't fish crab flies. So you know, it's um, <laughs> um, but um, anyway, you know, like there's people who think there's not much skill involved in, and the, and it is a little bit easy. And I talked about earlier today about de-skilling de products, you know, and th that's definitely one of them. Mm. But there's there's an upside to those to those flies, um, uh, which which I'll talk about later if, if we've got time. But what I've been doing with those things to get the gape is like you know how they come. With the, excuse me, with the legs with that center line already on it. Yep. So what I've been doing is I've been cutting those, cutting that center line out, and and gluing them onto the back of the carapace before I put them on, and then um um so I've been I've been creating a like a groove for that um that perpendicular shank. Like I still put that shank on like how how you showed us like as uh yep. so I get a, get a twenty mil shank, I lash that puppy on. And I cut that center line out, and I leave a, I leave enough room for that 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 um that shank, which is on the on the opposite side to the gate, and then I leave enough room for the the carapace to sit hard on the on the shank inside the gate. You know what I mean? So it doesn't have the thickness of the material of the legs. There. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I yeah. was just chop the the legs clean up in half, right up the middle. Yeah, that's that's it. Well, cut well. It's on you cut on either side of that middle strip, you know, so you eliminate that whole channel that's in yeah. there. So essentially, you're left with individual leg parts. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I'm just saying exactly what you're saying. Yeah, that's what you're I probably, actually. You, yeah. Sorry, mate. Might might give us an extra mill or two of um, of of gape, and that that can be you know all the difference between you know getting a getting a lip hook and you know the the hook biting into a getting getting over a jawbone, you know, hopefully a big jawbone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, man. It could that could be all the difference, mate. You know, like you've got. We've talked about this on the show and probably several different shows that you've kind of got no fucking control as to where the hook decides to take purchase inside whatever fish you're trying to catch. There's a mouth. Yeah, yeah. 
you know so i mean that just that extra gape is better than than less, less gape that's for sure yeah you know but uh yeah didn't really want to make this a fly time special which we're not but i mean like uh that's oh, a, that's that's a massive a massive faux pas in fly tying is is closing that gape up you know whenever yeah. you see someone has closed up more than half the gape that's instagram tying that's not fishing yeah i i agree i'm um I'm very much focused on fishability, and, and that in, that includes um, not compromising your gape and mm. not having, uh, having materials that'll foul the bend. Mm. Um, and you know, you've always sort of uh, referenced Bob Popovich, but that's one of the first things you read, you know, in in one of his first books. Um, you know, he talks about his principles, you know, what he's looking for in a fly. I think in his case, he he talks about durability and, and non-fouling. You know, they're two of the things he values the most in in a fly, and you know that um, you know that was part of the the reasoning behind his um, turning to epoxy as a relatively new material when he did the the surf can. Yep, um, and and ultra shrimp and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was a big part of what he did, um, and you know it, it shaped. Well, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's pretty. He was one of the first guys to put epoxy on a fly, right? Uh, well, it was my introduction to it. It's when I first saw, and when I first saw an, an acrylic resin, it was Tough Fly that was introduced yep. by Popovics as well. I can yep. remember, I don't know where it was or where I saw it. It might have been a, in Fly Angler magazine. He did an article how he, he had a fly, flies on the dash of his car for 12 months prior to that product being able to be released or some of that. Or I, I mean, that acrylic, acrylic resins have been around for a lot longer than fly tying, but for the application of fly tying, I believe that that circle of people was the first ones to test and I believe that the first brand around was Tough Fly. Now there's probably people that are, you know, fucking screaming at their iPhone saying that's not true, Chris, but that's just what I understand and, you know, you're more than welcome to get a podcast yourself, you know, no problem. Well, I'll back you up there. Well, the first <laughs> one I remember was um, was Tough Fly and I might actually still have some there, actually. There was Tough Fly and then there was Clear Cure Goo. Yeah. Yeah. That's not around anymore, but Tough Fly's still around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hard to find though, but Tough Fly, Tough Fly did. It wasn't meant to yellow, but it still, it still does yellow a bit. I tell you what, listeners, if you want to do a test on on your resin that people claim is clear, have you ever put it on white paper and seen what it looks like? Yeah, that's true. I eh? just try yeah. that. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be interested. Those of you who have still got uh, Raids app around, which is um, oh, a bit of an update. I was talking to the new owner of Raids app, who's a Canadian. I was talking to him this morning, actually. Um, actually, we were talking about Tough Fly, actually. But um, but anyway, that's come. That's that's still coming, and it's it, it, the the guy is just super. Uh, how do I put it? Just pedantic about getting this right, you know. So it's just just making sure it's right before anything comes out. It, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. You know, as as pedantically as possible, well, which, so I, which I can, which I can one hundred percent respect because there's a lot yeah. of people that are anticipating this. But um, yeah, 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 yeah it's rare to get a second chance. So, you know, good on him to to take the time to to get it one thousand percent correct. That's exactly what he's doing. He knows there's a lot of fucking pressure. I mean, I, mean, I get asked fuck a lot. You know, when's Razor coming out? When's Razor coming out? And sometimes I like what I get told at the time when someone asks me hasn't worked out to be like that you know and i've got to keep going back to him saying what's going on you know and you know that look essentially he's 
he's looking this new owner has, has just outlaid the money to buy it um off the old owner and is also looking to get stock which is a crazy amount we're talking like you know fucking five figures at at at, at like the at the owner like the before at manufacturers rates you know you could imagine how much fucking resin that is for the entire world and to try and figure out the resin usage within with throughout the whole world i mean I was explaining today, like Australians' usage of it and stuff like that. You know, it's um, I mean, flex thick from raids that came out from Australia. Um, uh, that was involved with Beachy and um, Super Thing came out, and that was there was Squish who sort of who, who developed that sort of uh, got that ball rolling with that. You know, so there's been some things that have come out of Australia that have um, that have been taken off around the whole world. But like when you're comparing surf candies to the guys who fish for um, Sea Run Browns over in Scandinavia compared to surf candies over here, I was explaining to the new owner today, I said, if, if if we fish those flies they fish for, for tuna over here or the fish that we fish over here, even the smallest pelagic, like like you know, salmon or something like that, they, that hook would just straighten straight out on the strip strike. It's not it's not practical. It's not the same fly. Same with their shrimps. You know, their shrimps aren't, you know, you know a lot of them are hook point down and fishing open water for, for sea run browns and stuff like that. We don't do a lot of that, you know? Like, it's not it's just not the same. So this guy's trying to um, measure up what the whole world wants on a world market and he's just taking his time in addition to launching this product that's meant to be the first plant-based resin in the world and it's um which i don't know what that means myself i, I really don't i'm looking forward to learning more about that but could you imagine the scrutiny they're putting themselves under with with not only um you know customers but the industry types that are going to use the guerrilla marketing against them if it's not completely correct you know yep you know what i mean guys yeah could you imagine like it's just oh, there's, there's some big names there and, and some of them uh some of them are what you call well i won't say green washes but you know they they do they do market go to market with a bit of a um you know with a with a with a green sort of focus focus about it you know they um they donate to um you know to to various uh, environmental groups or or um conservation things or you know um you know, one one percent for the earth, or, or whatever those sort of um, initiatives. Um, and it's not it's not uncommon for a lot of lot of big businesses to do that. You know, um, mm. but yeah, like uh, you mean like uh, when you get on Qantas and they want you to, well, they say a certain amount of your fare has gone to carbon neutral oh, destinations yeah. or something. Like, is that what you mean? Fly to Mackay, you can fly carbon neutral for an extra dollar sixty nine. You know, and and I, I don't know what that looks like. You know. <laughs> <laughs> is there some is there some little Qantas tree planter somewhere like madly planting trees or this one's got Balti written on it, you know? Yeah. It, so it's some little... dude in the nursery with a Qantas vest on who gets a text message, Balti wants a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Balti just paid for a uh, a eucalyptus sapling. You put that tube in the ground there, sport. Good on you. That's uh yeah. yeah, I know I know there's a, it's a whole lot. You know, we're just trivialising, uh, trivialising carbon trading and that sort of shit. But yeah, it's not. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just seems a bit, a bit like it's uh, to appease, um, uh, you know, conscious more than anything, and, and charging us for it. You mm. know, I'd, I'd like to see someone with, with the profits um, and the uh, the corporate goodwill that Qantas seems to demonstrate do that for nothing. If it's only costing me a dollar sixty nine, you know. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd sooner forego the, you know, the half can of uh, of Coke Zero to have the uh, to have that tree planted, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it'd be a, a more of a uh, a bit of market research on who's willing to actually, um, you know, 
who, who gives a fuck to do, to do it you know because yeah. you're right like i mean they could they surely they could just put their put i mean if they if you're looking at a plane ticket for one week and it was 300 bucks return and the next week it was three three hundred one dollars and 69 return you, yeah. you wouldn't be like what i'm yeah. staying put you know you wouldn't yeah. mm. you know yeah. i mean yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be some other reason to be able to quantify who's actually interested in it, you know, or something like that. I don't know. Oh, you know, you know who'd whinge about it? One of them bottle-shaped Karens you were talking about. <laughs> anti anti-COVID Karen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm too good for COVID Karen. <laughs> oh, no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure, uh, yeah. I'm sure by the time this goes to air, there, there'll be a, there'll be some sort of update, and um, I hope we're not left with egg on our faces. But at the moment, if you're listening, it's just fresh breaking news, like literally an hour yeah, this, off. This yeah. is Wednesday, the 9th of June. Uh, yeah. We're recording this. Yeah, you will be hearing this uh, some days after, and we don't know what's going on in the future. That's it. Yeah, it's not like someone lives even further east of us, like we live east of the people in Perth. Like we're in the future now, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perth people, you don't know what's coming. Yeah, yeah, you're in trouble. Get some. Get some. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, getting getting back to that, mate. So, like, uh, I, don't, I so we, we sort of left off with resins and stuff like that there as to sort of free further thing, but um, but did you did you finish on um, on on the flies that you were like are interested in learning or anything like that? I mean, because it's it's pretty inspirational. Like, I mean, if some people may not even realize there's some flies out there that could probably apply to their fishing. Um, some people might be uh, paying attention to, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I tell you, man, it's come up a couple of times this week since the last show. And I'm finding myself saying this in conversation a lot to people who listen to the show when they say, what do you think of this? And I go, have you followed the beef? You know? <laughs> It's it's my it's my way of saying that uh, you know is 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 old mate that you like his fly from or old mate that is advising you on line selection is he actually catching fish and the fish that you want to catch? Yeah, yeah remember we've said about in the show before. Follow, follow the fucking beef, dude. You know, yes. stop being influenced by people that are just there to try and influence you. Yeah, yeah. Look look a bit deeper. Ask ask the hard questions. Um, what is? Well, give an example of a hard question, mate. Well, if someone's telling you about barrel flies and they've got no barrel in their feed, then you know they mightn't. Um, they might be just talking about what they heard rather than what they've done. Yeah, know? and yep. uh, and you know, I'm not I'm not picking on barrel. It could be Jewies. You know, I, I for example, you know, I got my first Jewie on fly not so long ago, and I wouldn't even dream of tell you know giving any sort of authoritative thing you know uh, comment on on Jewie flies. Um, you know, if, if someone asked me for my advice, you know, or I'd bracket it by saying, yeah, well, you're talking to a novice, you're best off talking to these sort of guys, um, you know, and mention them and, and you know, encourage them to, to look for, for their credentials. And, you know, then you'd get a fair idea on, on you know, who uses what and, you know, hopefully have that conversation about why they use that fly. And, you know, then you'd have a far better idea, a better understanding and, and, you know, more importantly, probably building a better picture of the fishery and, and the target species and getting uh, getting an idea on how to target them. Yeah. You know, that goes just beyond, you know, say say it was, 
say it was Dewey's, for example, you know, someone goes, oh, you're just, just going to use Game Changer. You know, they show up just at the local pier in the middle of the day, just throwing a Game Changer around, you know. Having said that, someone will probably get lucky doing that. But mm. there's, a, there's a whole lot more to it than that, you know. Oh, yeah, there definitely yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's good to have, the, you know, like the, the fly isn't the, the whole inqui- whole equation, that's for sure. You know, you yeah. still got to be still got to be a good fisherman, really, for all species, really, to be able to to be able to find them, but to to know what to present to them. Yeah. You know, that's that's a big part of the puzzle as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the who, what, when, where, how, why scenario, and you know, if you've only if you've got one of those answered, you know, and um, without the others to give it the context, then you're you're really you're really uh, going for the. Um, you know the broken clock theory is what what I call it when even a broken clock's right twice a day. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, don't, don't get too excited, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that. laughs> yeah, you talk about not a broken clock that's still moving. You talk about a still clock, right? That doesn't move at all. Completely broken. Yeah, man. Yep. Twice yeah. a day, correct. Um, hey, it's me out that, that people people don't. Follow the beef still, like it's uh, can look at a fly and look at it on in on, you know, in a dry picture, and think that's that's the one for me, you know that that's that's what I want, you know it's um, it's amazing, it really is, and same with uh, rods and line selection and all that sort of stuff. Really, at the end of the day, I mean not just flies or fly materials or whatever, you know, like it's just um, it's just a yeah, I don't know it's a bit of a shame that um, it's kind of it kind of feels rude to say, but like that people don't stay in their lane but i mean people are entitled to not stay in their lane it's 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 um people that that are listening to them that should be should be shopping in their lane you know so to speak you know yeah um yeah that's probably a better way to put it really you know people can people can go around and um you know show pony whatever they want you know like uh even if they've never done it before they can they can advertise that they've done it but like without the without the beef without the proof you know which is yeah, it blows me away in this day and age. We're in 2021, and most people are getting their information from social media. Yet, don't deep dive if they're not getting the information. Like if they're going to start investing time and money in um, in a direction based off what someone says, with all their proof behind them, with not with nothing there, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know what you're saying. There's plenty of examples. I won't go into them because it just starts to sound a bit bitchy. Um, but yeah. you know, the other thing I see is, you know, if people are people see something works in in like a red hot fishery, you know, don't assume that it's going to work. Um, you know, in a more pressured or even a different locality, you know, there's different things work in different you know regions for different reasons. You know, uh, you know, it could be the bait, could be the you know whatever. There could be a multitude of different reasons that something that works. Say, for example, you know, in a northern territory, mightn't work in another spot um well, well even even systems close to each other you know like it's uh yeah you know what what might work for say to say jewfish what works what what works in northern new south wales may not be working in southeast queensland mm-hmm. what not what not what may not be working in one river next to the other it really depends on things like you know water temperature probably would come a part of it you know it's probably more like day length for you know that that, that um, brings on breeding cycles and things like that, or migrations and stuff. Um, but you know, the food availability, food source, you know, um, things things like that. Like one river might hold gar, one river might hold um, a herring. You know, um, 
and, and the and the flies might represent some some fish are so focused on things like prawns in one system they won't even eat a bait fish pattern yeah yeah you know it's um it, it's incredible you know like you can't you can't blindly go around i mean game changers as an example like you said there are fantastic and out of counter for so many jewfish it's it's phenomenal it really is but you can't take a jew it can't take a um you can't take a, th- uh, a game changer into a river where you can see them eating prawns and expect to catch one yeah yeah th- yeah that's just a definition of insanity you know it's just, yeah you know yeah 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 look we're tying on a bait fish but they're eating prawns it'll work yeah like chucking a crab fly for tuna <laughs> yeah. I, yeah having said that though i do want to get one on a crab <laughs> just just to say i've done it but um yeah i've tried it hasn't happened yet i've got i've got a uh, mac tuna on a prawn but mm. uh, i really want to get a long tail on a, on a crab but yeah this is probably it, get a long tail on a prawn like, there's plenty plenty of longies have been cut open with, with prawns inside them yeah yeah for sure no no doubt at all they no seem to my mind. Eat, eat whatever but you know who, who's to say if, if there's a there's a roaring mosh pit of of long tails one day a, you know a slow sinking crab going through it might just get hoovered down who knows apparently yeah apparently you know i re- i heard this on an on a on a company's ad that marlin will eat crab flies they'll tip on them <laughs> now i don't know i can't remember who that angler is i just i just got this feeling like he came in, just dominated the world, and no one, nowhere to be seen from now on. And um, just better than all of us, you know. But uh, yeah, but still pretty amazing. Did you know that? Did you know Marlin will tip on on Merkins? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I, until Who was I, that? I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, I can't remember uh, that was either. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I bought anything from that brand anymore. Um, yeah, I don't think I did either. I think I, I lost a lot of respect for that brand after reading that. Yeah. Something to do with a shell, right? Anyway. But, um, anyway. <laughs> Anywho, pretty interesting, mate, that some of the stuff you read, some of the claims you read. It's, uh, I, I mean, you're right. It does start to sound like bitchiness towards the end. And, and it's, I'll be honest, man, that my, my whole intention with, with pointing this stuff out to people is to make them, A, think for themselves, which, which will improve your results. But I just hate to see someone hating the sport because, they have uh, been influenced by someone who's using smoke and mirrors to to uh, you know project what the message they want to get across, whether it's financially or, or ego motivated. Either way, it's it's not good for people that are um, not savvy enough to follow the beef. You know, yeah. It's um it's those people it's those people as those that have you know like someone who's gone out and invested five hundred bucks on a fly rod because their their favourite angler uses the same rod bypassing like a, a cheap second-hand rod because they believe in it so much only to only to like uh you're not achieve the same results in the same period of time um as as that person and it's just it, it it's really sad it really is and i and i like i it's probably the the thing i hate the most about the fly fishing scene really is that is then everything else about it is positive everyone everyone unites it, it, it transcends social racial borders barriers or whatever you know like um so like you know you know what i mean like professional yeah you know? it, yeah it, it transcends so much this this bond that we all have as, as fly fishermen but that one that one dark cloud hovering around it is just that that um that smoke and mirrors person that that's of of influence and i fucking hate it man and uh you know 
So, yeah. But uh, so I, I apologize if it comes across bitchiness on behalf of myself and the rest of the uh, production staff here at the uh, Intermediate Line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all the best intentions. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the point, isn't it? Um, and you know, people like that—they're they're not just in fly fishing. You know, they're in oh yeah, tour and, and bait as well. But it just seems to be—they're in all sport industries, man. I'm sure. Yeah, it just Every- feels feels like it's more common or, or more prominent in in fly. You know, maybe you know, yeah. like say say you you see you see the guys, you know, like. Brim tournament anglers, for example. I'm not picking on Brim at all, but you know, you'll see. That's the anglers, not Brim. No one ever goes, man. That was a bad cast, you know. Well, that dude can't cast. Whereas you do see that in fly fishing, you know. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Think comments like that look like a great cast, only shorter. Like is that, <laughs> that example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it is sort of different like that, eh? Um, mm. It does attract maybe slightly different people and and different personalities and different uh, you know viewpoints on on things. But um, yeah, I, I, I learned that comments like that can make someone you haven't spoken to for a while actually give you a call. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I, I'll give you an example. Um, I saw a post up with Pip Clement casting casting the rod one day, and I put yeah. a comment there saying um, they look like a great cast, Pip, only shorter. Uh, next day, I get a phone call explaining why the cast was short. I'm like, Pip, I'm only kidding, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I believe his words were, you fucking bastard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but I can imagine how you'd react if someone did that to you. <laughs> <laughs> you send it uh, Look at this guy. What's his problem? I wouldn't be ringing. I'd be looking for the most the most impact of uh, public embarrassment I could find into the future. It might not happen that same day, but I'll find it, mate. Yeah, man. It'll present itself. You go to bed with a knife. (laughs) (laughs) Stab him in your sleep. I go to bed with a notebook just writing down zingers that are directed to that person for when the opportunity arises. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like to steal their soul at one point. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Just light them up. Light them up. Yeah. <laughs> I usually like to bring them to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you do. Mm. Yeah. Got a little little notebook here, you know. Yeah, most of us, well, all of us, friendly banter. I don't, I don't engage in nasty banter. Just um, don't see the point. Which brings me to my next point. We nearly had Andy Bolch on the on the show at one stage this tonight. Did I not? Did I tell you that? No, tell me about that. What when our guest decided to, um, you know, like save us, save us the embarrassment of the call cutting out. Uh, I contacted Andy. I'm going, hey man, come on, come on, dude. Yeah, he's right. like, and he's like, nah, I'm going to watch some VFL and drink VB. I hell. said, you know, Origin tonight, right? And he yes. said, what? He asked me, what was that? Uh, are you serious? I wouldn't say it on the podcast if I wasn't serious, mate. He said, what was that? Mm. I'm surprised he's called it VFL, isn't it? Isn't it uh, NFL? No. What? <laughs> I don't follow men's netball, man. Yeah. It, it's, not VF, it's not VFL anymore, right? Nah, nah. With Victorian Football League, but, you know, some Victorians escaped and they played in other states too, eh? AFL? Yeah. AFL is a that's national it. Yeah. Not NFL. That's, isn't that the American football? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that netball's pretty universal. It's <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty popular up here now with the amount of Victorians that are moving up to Queensland. Yeah. yeah we've even got a team up here. We've got two, I think. One in Brisbane and one on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. The Gold Coast won some games one year and Brisbane, I think we're going all right this year. Last year we did all right too, I think. Yeah. I have zero idea, mate. I just can't. I don't understand that sport. Yeah. It's like, it's like fly fishing for trout for me. I just don't get it. <laughs> Give the Victorians another reason to hate us, man. <laughs> I think you'll find that most Victorians at this stage are pretty good sports. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, look at guys like Scatman Dan. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's uh he's the type of guy to write obscene obscene messages on his uh on his orders through beast brushes that my wife and daughter see, and wow. um really uh, <laughs> don't yeah. please don't do that anymore, Dan. That's really rude, man. I have to I have to um explain <laughs> what your words mean to my ten year old daughter, and um and she's at an age now where she could just Google it, mate, and it's a real worry. So please, <laughs> please don't write that stuff on your orders anymore. Thank you. <laughs> the note section at the checkout is not for obscenities. <laughs> Thank you, Scatman Dan. Yeah, we'll wait till he has uh, he has kids, and then we'll um, we'll make them listen to the Fly Line special. Yeah. Do you reckon he's going to be able to have kids after the accident? <laughs> Don't go there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mistaken surgeries are a, a very a very uh, real thing this day, mate. But with hormone replacement therapy, I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. Mm. They can do anything these days. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, mate, did I tell you I went fishing at the, at the beginning of the week? Nah, man. What'd you do? It's going to be a pretty short segment. Okay, yeah. Caught nothing. <sighs> I feel your pain. Yeah. Another all-nighter. Got home. Sun coming up again. But I did, did I'm, I'm, it's not completely fruitless. I did, um, I did see it as a big success that night. Um, shout out to my friend Lewis who showed us around. Um, that guy's a lot more experienced in that area than I am, and uh, yeah, so it was, um, it was good to get shown around, um, a little bit, um, and just, just, just to learn, like the, the, um, the educational aspect that I took away from, from that experience was. Probably equal to another another fucking ten donuts, you know. Yeah, right. So I came away with a smile on my face. To be honest with you, it was good. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you. It was. Um, it was good, mate. It was good to uh, saw some stuff. Just couldn't couldn't convert. Like um, at one stage, I had I, I watched a, a a pretty solid Jewfish just come out and just shoulders out of the water, just chase my game changer down. But that was the most action I had during the night could see him just couldn't couldn't get him to eat but um so you know just getting getting closer and closer the funny thing is mate it could go to rivers north and south of there and convert multiple fish but just the rewards of that particular river the size of the fish is just worth putting the yards in i'm i'm i mean i'm kind of enjoying it yeah good hmm. good it, it makes the um the success feel so much sweeter when it inevitably comes but uh 
yeah, yeah, no. I don't really subscribe to that, like, you know, worst, worst days of fishing is better than the best day at work, you know, so to speak. And, and I know that's not what you're getting at, um, but the rewards aren't so much of because of the time I put in. For me, it's the rewards would be so much sweeter because of the of, of the build-up of intention to catch that particular species, you know? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. You know, to, to, to go out and actually target them and, and, and think of them and, and, and purposefully put your time on the water at certain bite periods in certain spots with certain flies and certain fly lines and leader selection and all that sort of stuff and have it all add up. Eventually, you know, it's just getting closer and closer to it. Um, yeah. I've, it's not like I've never caught fish in that river before, but, um, but I would put down previous successes down to somewhat of a fluke. You know, a minimal, a very minimal understanding, and and a, and a non-repeatable, um, non-repeatable success. If you know what I'm saying. Yep. So, um, you know, previous, it's. I, I just got sick of it becoming a game of chance. I wanted to know more, and it just takes time. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, look, it's man, it's real easy to say it's too hard when you you live that far away from the spot, and and you've got um, you know, like these, these are after hours trips, and they eat into. Not only your day, the next day, uh, in terms, but you know, obviously, you, if you ain't working, in your case, you ain't earning, you know. Oh you, yeah, well, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, time off is not an option. That's for sure. Yeah, each, each trip costs, you know, in so many ways. Um, for, you know, brain cells, it's pretty expensive. Oh man, don't you? Is it just us getting older, or is it is it getting harder? What, what's uh, that? It's definitely getting harder to fish all night. The older I get, that's for sure. Yeah. I really like fishing at night. I really, really do. It's 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 great. It really is. You know, it's um, yeah. It's just I just like it. It's uh, I just like the lack of people, and I like not having to wear sunscreen. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, getting up. It's it, it, and, and I mean, and obviously the fish are more active at that time. But um, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, it, it definitely is more taxing on your on your brain. You got to. Ma- it's a really hard thing to manage, that's for sure. I've noticed it. I've started to treat it like like jet lag, you know. So the next day, I'll exercise or something like that and get a really good night's sleep from when I when I want to, you know. It's only one night, but it, it does feel like jet lag, that's for sure. You, you feel hungover and spongy headed and all that sort of stuff, you know, for lack of a better term. I've got it a, must must play a, havoc on your brain. Yeah, yeah, it does. I get all foggy foggy headed for a few hours my um my missus is is particularly savage like she you know she's all passive aggressive about it and you know oh sorry you know did i accidentally you know let the kids into the room and you know get the dog to jump on you while you're asleep you know <laughs> my kids are up five thirty, six o'clock every morning and yeah. uh, you know if, if i haven't got home till you know four four o'clock five o'clock something like that you know there's not much sleep in here you don't have to be a genius to see that yeah. Great delight in being loud and you know letting the dog in. The fucking dog sees me asleep, sees me vulnerable, jumps on the bed. You know, fucking tries to. <laughs> you Kids. should you should try and uh, be proactive instead of reactive here. And next time you you get the time to go out, yeah, you know, make a little like a door hang hanging thing that you get in the hotels. Like, please do not disturb. That's something. Like that. Just try that. Um, you know, alternatively, install a lock. Something like that on the door, you know, so she doesn't know. Oh, fucking hell, mine would disrespect the fuck out of that sign. She'd go, ha! She'd light it on fire, <laughs> roll it up into a, scrunch it up into a ball, and throw it at me while I was asleep. Man. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That sounds terrible, Jeff. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, but um well, huh? you know. Hope we'll see this is this is the reasons why, you know, you you know, you need to explain to her that you need to put time on the river so you don't have to like spend all those hours on there. Like you can go out for that a half an hour bike window and come home. Yeah. Well, yeah. Get it, get it to call me tomorrow, mate. I got this. Hey, thanks, man. That'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could do it over Zoom it, or something like that. You know, to really uh, drive home the the expressions of using your hands to talk. You know, point. You will let Jeff sleep <laughs> in. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I would not dare ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. I, th- yeah. I knew I could trust you around my missus, eh? You know, trust yeah, yeah. Me, trust you not to get me in trouble. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Stick, try to stick up for you, but I realised it would just make it worse. Yeah, you'd lose credibility if you tried to stick up for me. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> would that be because you'd be you'd be laughing at the whole time? You know, <laughs> it'd be hard to keep a straight face. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> We got this. Uh, we've been talking about the uh, the next vlog coming up. You and I have uh, have, have seemed to have um, potentially crept, been able to create a bit more time. I've just finished my last ever um, commercial fly tying order, and you got past a bit of work. So we're looking at uh, doing the vlog again. Yeah, yeah? people. Yeah, it is coming. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, is there any requests? Yeah, has anybody got something they really want us to do? Yeah, quickly write it down and then uh, send it over, and we'll uh, we'll put in a pile and dismiss it. Yeah, yeah, we'll just do what we can anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so please don't send us. Uh, we'd like you to uh, see a vlog about striped marlin off Guatemala. Well, <laughs> we're not doing that unless you're gonna pay. For yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that will be there. Yeah, and not only for our trip, but uh, you know, like some sort of financial gain for our wives as well to not you know, make life difficult for us as well. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but for now, we're probably just going to have to settle for uh, local species. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's the way forward. Mm. And people seem to get the most out of um, uh, you know, sort of things that are bread and butter or, or attainable, for want of a better word. You know, easily yeah. accessible. Yeah. Easily accessible. Hmm. Yeah. Wasn't it your stage name in Aussie down Aussie Thunder down under? I never actually made it on onto that. <laughs> Next to the stage, calling easily accessible. <laughs> I, wasn't it that that time someone got their gum caught in your pelt that you didn't weren't allowed back or, or something? <laughs> A maraschino cherry was stuck stuck to your inner thigh or something like that. Oh man, I'm still cracking up over Dean Peltman, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Next to the stage, Alan from The Hangover. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. 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 So yeah, man, looking forward to the next the next vlog. Um, yeah, maybe next time we have the show when we come on, we'll be talking about that vlog. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Bit of good weather and maybe some opportunity. That'd be nice. We'll um, see if we can make it happen. Have you started preparing for your annual trip yet? Yeah, man. Have you? Yeah. yeah. I got what it. have you got done it. thus far? 
Uh, well, I uh, got a uh, got all my crabs and put them from um, oh, two or three random boxes all into one big box. So, wow! Really? You've yeah, done yeah. that already? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And just sorry, sorry. That's picked a big, up, big uh, picked up a couple of new lines. Yep. Uh, yeah. So what'd you get, man? Uh, just replaced what I was already using. Um, oh yeah, nine and ten weight, uh, fifteen foot Rio stealth tips. Um, that's pro stealth. Yep. Yeah, they're pretty good. I like them. I had yeah. a casting student the other day with one of those lines. It was it was pretty nice actually. Yeah, they, they're not bad. I eh? um, but with all those lines, you know, like I think, I think you choose you choose a line and then, you, and then you just practice with it till you know it becomes a tool that you're familiar with and can use. Mm. You know, sometimes I'd say cringe, but you know, I've, I've heard people say, "Oh, this this line's not real good." Um, you know, I, I prefer that line. It, is it is it that is it that line A is not that good, or is it because they're not used to line A, or or you know, is it because line A doesn't work with their particular you know rod that well, or, or they're not great at casting that combination? It's just not to their liking. You know, yeah. reasons why. You know, but but unfortunately, that line would get painted as being not that good you know mm. in their opinion. so you know um i guess you know i guess there's that the trap for young players is to dismiss that that line's not really good you know maybe you know how you said follow the follow the beef look for the beef you know um ask ask the questions in those scenarios if if somebody's giving you that tackle advice see what they like um you know it could just be a, a personal preference rather than you know a piece of tackle not being any good mm-hmm I agree. Yeah, I was just thinking then on the on the on the flip side of follow the beef, you know, like it's uh, I mean it's along the same lines, but there's also there's the results. But if something's new, um, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, understanding the principles of the material selection for for a particular fly, or even um, understanding grain weight or the, the construction or the the loop that sorry the head design of a of a fly line, or even your rod, you know, like the difference between slow, medium, fast action. You know, and understanding the application for what you want to use it for is um is ve- is very important. And along the same lines of uh, probably the fork in the road of follow the beef, really, you could head that way. Understanding the technical aspects of of what you're um, wanting to use or intend to use, or it might be new to the market, um, or you know, look at the people that are, are doing the style of fishing that you're aspiring to or wanting to do or already doing and looking to improve on. You know, and looking at their results um, as opposed to just you know, doing peace signs with your brand new rod in the mirror, you know? <laughs> peace signs. Yeah. yeah, gang signs or whatever, you know, West Side Massive, you know? <laughs> sage, hashtag Sage, West Side Massive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or something like that, you know? Or the, or the full gang sign, Manic yeah. Mates. <laughs> Shout out to Manic, our lovely sponsors, and we really appreciate your support there, guys. Thank you very much. Um... Yeah, so yeah, look, it's, uh, I mean, that's a good way to look at it, right? Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> Can you recall what I said for a moment there, Jeff? Can you just, uh, you're, you are the, the show stenographer. If you could just uh, read back what was said. <laughs> no, don't worry about it, mate. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, one circumstance I, I had, yeah. sorry? I was stunned with your use of the word stenographer there. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah, well, it's only it's not because I'm uh, au fait with uh, a, 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 um, a massive vocabulary. It's just uh, I've been to court a few times. 
<laughs> cool. yeah. Plus, I remember seeing on the Dave Chappelle show, the mobile stenographer. It's a great, great skit. Anyway, um, you know, I had I had a friend ring me ring us about because of my trip gun up north as well, and I, like, uh, you know, I, I rang I rang my guide Dave Dave Bradley, and I said, um, you know, send me a send me a, um, a spread of what flies that you would recommend for someone just to get it done. You know, I, I put a post up about this as well. For those who have read it, I apologise. The double up, and um, and Dave sent through a picture of um of of four crabs, crab flies that he would use in his own time on the water, and two of those were stream art crabs and stuff on there. But I had a, a friend of mine who rang us um to offer offer advice in regards to, you know, following the beef. You know, just seeing what people use because, you know, I put it out there that I'm not interested in. In using something just for financial gain, or just just because I, I sell it, I want to use it. I have to use it. I'm up there to catch fish. I'm not up there to um, to, to to work or anything like that. Um, but you know, and I, I explained it to Dave. And he still sent that through. Yet a friend of mine, like I said, rang us, and, and so it, it prompted a discussion as to um, you know because they're still a new product, like only been around one season really. And he asked me to sort of follow the beef from previous seasons a lot lot longer and seeing what people have been using and stuff. Um, and I do intend to bring those sort of flies up there. Like Chris Beach um, was very nice enough to send me, just he rang me one day, said, you're going up, you're going up to Hinchio. I'm like, yeah, he goes, I'll send you some flies. He just sent them up and, um, you know, I haven't I haven't gone through them right yet, but I'm, I'm pretty sure these cupcake crabs in there, which are a well-proven fly, great fly. And if anyone's going up there, check them out for sure. Um, but, you know, like it leads me to think, well, I wonder why in the first year, particularly when so many people are skeptical of them why they did so well obviously the I, I when i look at a fly whether it's crab fly or, which i'm not that experienced with because i don't have fish around here to fish crab flies with that much or any fly bay fish fly whatever 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 it is you think of a fly whatever it is i tend to not think of the aesthetics of it first you know we, we did start to talk about this at the beginning of the show you talked about bob popfix referencing what he considers you know considers to be a great fly you know for me my understanding, and you please correct me if I'm wrong here, Volts, with, with something like a crab fly, you're going to want something that's going to be able to cast, you're going to be able to cast well, present it well. You're going to want to be able to understand the sink rate and, and know the sink rate, judging mm-hmm. the depth of the water that's there. Um, and, and you're going to want it to not foul. You're going to want it to sink the right way the first time and have enough hook gape. And these would be the most dominating factors of your consideration above aesthetics. Obviously, you're not going to fish something the size of a, of a dinner plate because aesthetically that would be incorrect, you know, or you're not going to fish a hot pink crab. Aesthetically, that'd be incorrect. But no mm. point in having like the most realistic crab going if it's not going to do those things. That's correct. Right? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, in my, my opinion, when I'm starting, like, when we talk about following the beef and hitting that fork in the road of either seeing results, which, mind you, they do have, you know, there's the, and you look at the guys that are, are fishing them there guys very experienced with, with what they're doing they're just not giving a fuck um, about like uh, what people think and they're just hitting straight to it um, anyway that, that aside you could look at those crabs and you go well they're hard they're less wind resistance they weigh the same out of a box dry as they do when they're wet you know um, they probably they probably resist the water less because they're smooth so they're probably going to sink faster which means they're probably going to need less weight um, yeah and, and on top of all that Aesthetically, they're identical to the, the the crabs that they eat. So, 
I'm definitely going to put some in in my for my trip for, for prepping up. That's for sure. But I'm definitely going to take some. I'm going to tie your VGDCs. I'm going to take some of Beachy's moon crab, uh, cupcake crabs as well. Um, but I'm going to have those streamer crabs in there. It's just as much confidence, but as as with the other ones. But at the end of the day, I'm going to listen to my guide. My guide has already recommended them, so it's. Uh, I would think it'd be. I think it'd be a disservice to myself to spend all that coin and not listen to my guide either. You know, following yeah. the beef. You know. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I think you're right. Um, yeah. First and foremost, if I'm if I'm doing that trip, I'm doing 100% what a guy tells. You know. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to have a range of options presented to them. Like if, if they said to me, you got to you got to got to use that fly. And if for some reason I felt like I wasn't it wasn't suited to me, like I'd struggle to cast it in those conditions or, you know, for whatever reason it was, wasn't optimal for me, I'd say, listen, you know, yeah, I'd, I, I hear you, dude. Um, I'll try that on. You know, how do I, you know, in the past I've found that fly hard to do this or whatever, you know, just find a way to, to work around it and, and see, you know, if it's going to work for you. But, you know, I've, I've heard, I've heard people, you know, who um, just found it, you know, for example, a big cra- crab might be too hard to cast, and they they go to they go to a smaller, easier to easier to casting. Conditions can change, um, skill levels can change, you know, personal preferences and comfort levels can change. Um, so yeah, you're getting 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 the right thing that works for you. Um, uh, you know that that's really important. But you know, man, you're lucky in that the guide you've got is on top of being a great a great um, a great guide a great you know knowledgeable permit fisherman he's also a great understander of people you know like he's a good people person he he'll, he'll be able to coach you through you know any sort of things like that man yeah well yeah i'm uh, i'm definitely going into this uh receptive to whatever information is presented to me that's for sure i've um you know i've traveled a fair bit around australia and fished some uh some pretty nice tropical flats over the years i've um very rarely gone south with any of my fishing, you know, guided, self-guided, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never been to Hinchinbrook, and um, I'm only there for a short period of time. And uh, and um, I am definitely doing what I'm. I'm going to be taking my skills, whatever skills I've got, personally as a fisherman and an angler, with me, of course. But I'm not. I'm. I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not planning on arguing with with the guy. That's for sure. You know, definitely. Yeah. I think that. I think that'd just be such a such a waste of time you know which is probably is worth more than the money and the and such a waste of the experience which is worth more than everything combined together you know yeah yeah no i think you're right man mm. yeah, um without a doubt it's <laughs> it's not even something you debate you know um mm. yeah but yeah i don't think i've been on a trip with a guide actually for, since early 2000s uh, aside from christmas island which i i wouldn't yeah, they're more of a companion. <laughs> yeah, they're more of a companion and ego fluffers. You know, let's face it. Oh, that fish was twenty pound, dude. It was three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. three, man. Come on, man. You Relax, know. dude. We're gonna tip you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You might get a <laughs> pair of sunnies out of this. You know, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's one thing that um, I was speaking to um, Andrew Vockler. Do you know him, Crypt Keeper? <laughs> yeah, familiar with. <laughs> Heard of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was speaking to him the other day, and he uh, we we're talking about um, 
getting he's going away shortly as well. He's talking about getting ready for trips and stuff like that. And look, man, I will I will give Andy some credit here. Like he's he is one of the best casters I've ever fished with or seen. And I've seen seen a lot of fly fishermen over my time. Which I mean, I don't know if you want to chime in there and agree with that, but he he really is. You know, it's um he's very consistent. Um, over a short distance, he's very accurate, very consistent, and uh, in all conditions and all size flies that I've seen. Um, and Andy's getting ready for a trip, and he says to me, "We're talking about practice casting." And um, I'm like, oh, I, "I've got to make the time." For I'm in the I'm in the park a lot doing casting lessons, at least once a week, you know. Like recently, anyway, you know, or sometimes more. Um, you know, I don't know if I can make time. And he said, "There's a reason why pro golfers hit 100 balls a day." And that's that's and that sort of resonated with me. I'm like, you, 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 you're fucking right there, you know. It's um, you know, it's making that shot count for that that particular fish when you're going away because they're the target that one species. Like I, I said to Dave, it's um, I'll fish for whatever is happening on the tide, but as soon as those tides turn or the conditions turn for for permit, that's all I'm interested in. It's all the only reason I'm going really. The rest of the any fish around it's just a to fill in time instead of being up on the on dry land, you know. Yeah. I just um, look, man. You know, I've been fly fishing for a long time. I fly fish a lot. I only fly fish, and I and I give tuition for fly casting. I'm still not above practicing. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah. There's no no one should be, mate. I don't. I mm. don't. Can't think of anybody who who you know. Well, I, I can't. Wouldn't benefit from it. I'm not saying there's nobody whose game is is you know that good, but that their base level game is that good. But everyone benefits from it, man. Like. You know, whatever level of sport or, or whatever, you know, if you want peak performance, then you got to practice. It's just a fact. Yeah. 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 You know, there, there are definitely things. There's, there's nothing that anyone could really sit. You know, I, I, we've talked about this on the show before, I'm, I'm sure, but uh, there's a, a point there where you, you sort of send, tend to rest on your own laurels as far as your fishing experience and your casting experience, really. You know, there's, uh, I mean, if you can cast 100 feet, why not, why not try and get 105? You know, if you can, um, if you can put that fly within 20 centimeters, why not try to put it within 10? Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's all, it can always be better. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I really, I, yeah, I haven't done, started doing it yet. Is it something you're gonna, you think you might do or not? <clears throat> I always have every intention of doing it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you're you're a great caster too. You're one of those people that I've fished with. It's great. Unfortunately, Andy's better than you, right? That's um. <laughs> yeah. so so you know like it's uh you're not going to miss out on the trip but i mean like do you know what i mean like just that extra the extra couple of percent it's <laughs> i i wasn't going to say this, but andy's also a better dresser than you too man like it's um, oh, yeah. when he gets around with that those um those jean shorts with his shirt tucked in like that He's, just, he's snappy, man. That he recently found um, or resurrected one of those uh, one of those Loomis uh, fear no fish hats. You know those sort of those uh, hibiscus coloured ones. Oh yeah, yep, the ones yeah. that look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't like know a, the fleur it. hat, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Libra fleur hat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Libra. <laughs> 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 Only because I don't know what star sign he is, right? You know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's mm. interesting, mate. So, did you say you've got that hat, or Andy's got that hat? No, Andy's brought it out from somewhere. I don't know where. I, I thought those things had had died in the year two thousand, but you know, uh, it was recently in um in in Thailand. It could be a uh, a counterfeit Fiona fish hat. 
could be. Eh? He could have he got it custom made in the same place they make Hawaiian shirts or something like that in, in Thailand. Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> could be, man. But he yeah. Bartered for a. Uh, fear, and I wanted to say, fear no fish. Okay, Mr. Bockler. You know, or something, you know? Could just imagine him negotiating there like that. What Aviator Sonny's on, cigar in his mouth. <laughs> I'm not scared of any fish ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fear <laughs> zero fish, not some. <laughs> There's not one fish that swims that I'm fearful of. You know what? I, I even want to cement that in with these flowers. <laughs> <laughs> this lovely pastel blue and hibiscus flowers. Yeah. Fear no yeah. fish. That's it, eh? It's sort of like a mixed message, isn't it? You know, like, fear no fish is sort of, sort of, you know, a little bit, fuck you, and then you got the flowers just to soften it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm a nice guy after all, but, you know. Fear no fish, but don't hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, a message that needs to be sent around the world, mm. you know? <laughs> there should there should be a song about you know potentially you know like a, an inspirational song like uh, like we are the world but but more inspirational you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying it could be led by Volker he <laughs> could just yeah I can imagine the film clip right now like he's uh yeah like he rocks up on his knee with his kneeboard under his arm you know shirt tuck, shirt shirt tucked in I feel no fish. <laughs> I don't regret it. <laughs> and then it just kicks off from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's this got to do with flies and fly time, man? <laughs> well, it's got to do with the fact that you you know you can't you can't tie a fly whilst being scared of any fish. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself out of ice just going, I don't know, man, you know, like <laughs> what if just what if you can't do that you can't you can't fear it is it is it possible you can over respect a fish i i think so but you know what the one of the best things that you can do for yourself <laughs> you know it? It is to is to have like some sort of headwear that has an embroidered message on it that you can see it in the mirror and also let others around you know that you fear no fish <laughs> <laughs> And and maybe even some sort of drawing that that, that will uh, signify what will happen to that fish if it double crosses you. <laughs> It'll turn into a skeleton. Like a skeleton, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you have a shirt that says on the back, "I used to fear fish." Read my hat. <laughs> that shirt would be tucked in. I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> and so yeah that's what that's that's damn well what it's got to do with fly tying vaults <laughs> damn well <laughs> you know recently our podcast numbers haven't been uh great and uh i'm not thinking this is going to do us any favors no <laughs> <laughs> this is the level of fucks you give when you're in the late 90s of podcasts guys okay once you get up to over 95 you can do this too. It's not hard. Just show up, have a guest, pull the pin. That's what you do. Oh, man. <laughs> so, mate, are you tying? Are, so, you, 
Are you going to divulge? I mean, we're going to divulge where you're going. Can we? No, I don't talk about it, man. Why? Is it some fucking stupid superstition? Oh, no, because I just don't want every other fucker to be there, you know? Are you kidding? Every other fucker is there, mate. Would you know that? What? Would I, would I know? It's a big place, man. We, we don't just go to one spot. But the general area, people are very aware of, aware of mate. You know, like it's... um. You'd have to be, you'd have to be something like not following any sort of pursuit to not know about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you'd you'd have to be, you'd have to be some flog in a cafe not to know about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know, just just because someone else does it doesn't, you know, doesn't sit right with me, man. So I just cool my jets. I got mates who live up there, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying it's wrong that that like um that people have found out that I'm where I'm going? Is that what you mean? Uh, no, no, not really. No, it's, uh, first of all, that's your choice. I don't uh, really want. I didn't really want to talk. It was Amos that fucking dropped it on the show. <laughs> Previous to that I was happy for it not to be come out at all until I was just come back. But uh, but yeah. I realised that that's just a silly superstition. Yeah, well, you know. Let's break. Let's break that on this show for you. I mean, it's going to be cathartic for you, mate. Come on. Oh, I don't. I don't have the superstition. I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Why? Why? Because of, re- because of respecting your mates that live up there? Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Do you care about what they say? Oh, you know. Um, I care yeah, about what they what they think. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, man. What they might think if you said something, right? Oh, man. That's cool. Yeah. What's that, sorry? No big deal. I just choose not to, you know. Mate, yeah. that's your prerogative, mate. Just like Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown? Yeah. You don't know who Bobby Brown is? Oh, I got a feeling he was Whitney Houston's husband. Is that right? Yeah, with his hit song, it, It's My Prerogative. Oh, man, that, uh, I don't really play in that space, man. That's not really my lane. But, um, 80s. My, 80s. Um, is that, what genre of music would you call Bobby Brown? Is that hip-hop, early hip-hop? What was it? Uh, um, shit. I think you'd call it just shit. That genre of music. <laughs> we'll ever have a Bobby Brown song at the beginning of the show. Top forty shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, potentially uh, music for people who don't follow the beef. There we go. That's what you call that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. Whatever's presented on commercial radio is what I'll accept. Okay. That's not following the beef. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. So, mate. Um, so, uh, so exciting new local developments. Anything for you? I mean, just trying to get anything out of you, mate. So, any any sort of uh, anything interesting to um, to fill up the uh, the time, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm. Uh, There's got to be something that you're willing to share with people that we both know about that you're not wanting to talk about that you might talk about on the show, right? You know what I want to give a crack? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ludric. Each, each winter I go, you know what, I'm going to do this this winter. And, um, yeah, I'm going to gonna give that a bit of a bash this, this winter, eh? Have you got so, a spot? Oh, well, you, if you're not going to talk about um, where you're going north, you're definitely not going to be talking about pretty, this. Pretty, pretty localised. So probably, um, having said that, I'm not going to drive far for it, eh? I'll, I'll probably just do a sunny coast. 
So. Right, Malulaba. Yeah, it sounds like a good spot, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has got pretty sh- good good shallow water ludric fishing mate that's for sure yeah, yeah right. compared compared to caloundra that's um pretty deep there but ludric yeah right gotcha yeah yeah but you could probably you could probably uh, no probably not i was gonna say northern new south wales because you're not that far south um we'd probably be pretty close to you and that's pretty epic ludric fishing down there yeah Seems to have fallen off the radar a bit. I mean, a few few winters ago, <coughs> it was uh, it was what everyone was doing, man. You know, mm. I don't know if it's not cool anymore. It was not fun anymore. But I never got around to doing it the first time. Well, I can tell you, one person's getting smashed for it. Mark Mark Kendog, Ken Kendog Kenforce. What are we, what's his nickname? Del, Delta Force. Delta <laughs> Force Kendall. Yeah, yeah. De- Delta Force Kendall. The dude is not a Kendall, right? Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> he, um, he's just got an order for 300 weed flies, like a champion. So, um, what? he, yeah, he's, uh, someone's in full swing with Ludrick with, with Mark Kendog, that's for sure. Holy shit. Well, yeah. well, well, yeah. What a well, champion, man. Yeah, he's pumping him, mate. Look at him go. Yeah. Yep. So I've had to, um, I've had to take his listing as, as no stock available on the co-op to give him a break to get through him. <laughs> which I haven't which I haven't done yet, which I will have done by the time this uh, podcast airs. And if he gets orders before now and then, guess who's doing them? Fucking me. <laughs> Man, imagine how long it would take you to do 300 flies. No, I, no, he'll be doing them. But if anything excess comes through the website, I'll have to get drunk to tie weed flies. Yeah, right. Eh? Cool, yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the only way you can tie them, right? Is to is to get drunk first. <laughs> get drunk and st- tie tie ten with your right hand, and tie left try tie ten with your left hand, right hand and left hand. Just just try and mix it up. Yeah, mix it up. Yeah. Do you know how they rig it up, man? That stuff. Have you seen how they rig up for uh, my friend Kurt Simpson, who lives at Pottsville, was nice enough to show me and take me to Ludrick fishing um, a couple of Christmases ago, and, um, and uh, it was pretty interesting how they rig it up. Pretty good because my my uncle was in a um, a Ludrick association, Blackfish Association, was just like total nerd, like more nerdy those dudes than fly fishermen as far as what they're into, how specific it is, and there's no other fish in the world besides Ludrick. With their center pins and and floats and split shots and crazy crazy leader setups, you know. Yeah, right. So, yeah, the way they rig up a rig up a. Do you know, have you seen how they how you rig up a fly setup for a Ludrick before? So we had um, we had the old mate. Um, That's right, Royce. Royce Shanks, and yep. I was just replay that and and uh, contact him because he was very helpful. And there's a lot of good information on on that. So um, yeah, I was just going to have a bit of a refresher and uh, and get cracking through that, man. So people listening to this who haven't listened to Rolls Royce Shanks, um, you're saying that the best off that they just revisit the podcast, right? Yeah, that's that's a good start. Yeah. yeah. And then, then if you've got any more questions, um, contact Volts. Contact contact uh, Royce. I know he's uh, Rolls Royce. Like, Rolls Royce from from memory he did he did say he'd be keen to help out anyone there. Yeah. Did say that. You know what? It's it's coming at the time of year where there's a few podcasts that you could revisit to help you fishing out. 
um, uh, um, what do we call him? J Dog, what do you call him? Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Radcliffe, no? Yeah, yeah. Is it Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, that's him. Yep. So he's coming out to fish a, a bass dam, and he's been asking me some questions in regards to how to how to find them and all that sort of stuff, and how to fish them. The podcast gives up all that, eh? If you're listening to this for the first for the first time ever, and you're interested in catching deep bass on fly, uh, or any of the specials, some I, th- I like to think that the specials that we've done on species have been quite comprehensive in relation to fly. Um, the bass one's been a good one to be able to refer people back to to listen to, and I think that the bass one actually covers. Uh, a bit of a bit of few good techniques for uh, lack of a better term shallow water deep water fly by that i mean you know covering water that's you know 10 meters deep things like that mm. you know you know what i mean um that would be well within the range of bass fishing gear as well it's about those sort of fast sink lines so you know for guys who are looking to fish fish even snapper who've got deeper ground than 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 the shallower grounds like a couple of meters deep you know that just that information in regards to fast sink lines. That bass episode carries a bit of information, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, it did. There's a lot, you know, and and um, transferable skills that you pick up doing one in one fishery definitely take into another, and you know help you succeed there. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, that's and that's that's what you can take away from those specials. That's for sure. Is those transferable skills. And we can relate, I mean, when we're talking about a fast sink line and uh, fishing to schools that we see on the sounder and uh, and counting your fly down, there's no reason why you couldn't substitute the word bass for snapper, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spoke about snapper fishing at the end of um, one of the other episodes. I can't remember who we had on when we were talking about. I think it was uh, Peachy, actually. Yeah. We are talking to Peachy, and at the end of it, um, started to talk about snapper on fly. Uh, so I put a picture up on my page from an old snapper. I was fishing with um, with Andy who casts better than you fears no fish at the time. Actually, that day. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't have a boat to get out and fish that that reef, but I'll tell people if, who know the area that's that's Karamundi Reef, um, and that's a great place to catch snapper on fly if you were on the local area in the Sunshine Coast. Uh, I can't remember the triangulation. Like it's uh, there used to be a point that. I learned from the older dudes that you didn't didn't use a GPS for you'd you'd line up surf air and Mount Coolum and then there was another another it might even be the lighthouse on Cardis and you can just line them all up and they they line up perfectly you're on a, a great patch of reef where the fish are sort of hanging in like an eddy like from the current from from if the tide is gone or the the current is going from north south and all it's right. just great and uh, and it's certain I can't remember it's been a while man like that picture I put up was. That's when I used to have a five and a half meter gale force and that then, and I sold that boat in 2013. Um, but I used to, I remember going, taking an idiot and going, I'm just going to get a, a snapper, I've got some ice, just want to catch a feed. And it was early in the morning, launched at dark, and then went and fished Morton Bay for tuna later that day. But just kept the snapper in the um, in the esky, that snapper in the picture. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but they're, they're pretty predictable, man. They're pretty, easy, they're pretty easy to catch. They're one of the easier fish to catch on fly, I reckon. I really do. I really think that they're... There, um, if you, if you can understand how to get a fly down deep and not hang up and know where your fly is in relation to what you're seeing on the sounder, you, you're ninety percent there. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty confidence inspiring, eh? Yeah, it really is. Like if you can, if you can, like with Josh, like he's he's looking, Josh Radliff, you know, he's looking, 
he's looking to um, Radloff. Uh, he is looking to find these fish in this dam. It's a new dam he's never been to. And like, you know, I, I said then getting the fly and putting it down in front of him is um, is is only a small part of the journey, man. You've got to find them. And you've got to be confident enough that you're, you know, you're not going to stop and just have a cast because you're, you're sick of not fishing, you know. you got to, you just got to keep driving around and finding them. And if it takes you three quarters of a day to find the fish, I mean, you could you could still catch 20 or 30 fish out of, out of that school. Or you could you could dick around with like, is that a fish on the sand? We might just have a cast and see and just donut the whole day, you know. Same with the, same with the snapper, you know. Like if, you, if you're going to find them, you got to find them, you know. you got to, you got to, uh, look, this situation isn't blanket, you know. Like if you're fishing for them in, in ultra shallow water, you know, you're not going to see them on the sander really well, you know, like the water's too shallow. You just got to, you got to be aware of their behavior and their movement and, you know, you know, fishing appropriate gear for it and all that sort of stuff. But if mm. you're in deep enough water that you can, you can fish for them like they're bass, you know, they're, they're, they're a lot easier to catch than bass on fly. That's for sure. Yeah, really? Oh yeah, definitely. The, I mean, well, they are once you know the technique, you know, so the, and but the, same with bass. Bass are bass are relatively predictable once you know the technique. So a snapper, but um, but the big thing with snapper that that took me, like I mentioned on that show after we talked to Peachy, was moving the fly too much, you know, stripping it, stripping it like you're fishing for any other, like moving a clouser for flathead or or, or fishing blind casting a channel for trevally or something like that, you know, like it's um, you can't move it like that. It's 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 so much slower. It's glacial, you know. It's it's you know, lo- many people with soft plastics let the rod let the rod holder do the work. Yeah, yeah. Way. Put the rod in the uh, in the holder and just do something else. You know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if you're going to advise someone for a for a fly line setup for that, you know, keeping that in mind, like if if you got a fly that's not moving, or you're not moving it, you know, it's pretty obvious what it's doing. If you got a fasting line and a heavy fly, it's sinking. And if you don't want to hang up on the um on the coral. You know, you could be looking at making lines specifically made for this stuff, like um, like replicating like a, a wet tip express, so to speak. You know, floating running line, fast sink head. You know, and if you've got, I mean, you're never going to have a floating line that's going to hold a fast sink head up and a heavy fly, but um, but you can slow it right down, in particular if you're drifting as well. You, know, you you will essentially be trolling. You know, you might put a drogue out, but if you're holding the fly still and you're drifting, if you're not you're not anchored up, which is ideal. You know, you kind of are trolling a little bit, I guess. But as um, long as you're not putting the scent on it, ring-a-ding-ding, you're, you're you're all good in my books. Oh, look at the boats. And, yeah, no motor going. You're not, you know, if it's just the current taking you or the wind taking you. Not trolling. No, oh, you know, it's, it's, it, you're fishing from a moving boat, but you're, you're not, it's not being propelled by your intention, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the fishing from a moving boat argument, you know that goes out the window if you if you ever go into a stream and you're still and the water's moving. You know the the flies moving relative to you are so. Yeah, don't they do? Isn't that lake fishing? What they do in boats, like the the fly fishing championships? Don't they just don't they have a, a boater that controls a drogue that controls the di- drift along a, the side of a lake? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, it's not trolling. Though. No, well, if it's not trolling for them, man, it's, it's not trolling for snapper. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, look, man, it's uh, it's 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 pretty fun and it's pretty predictable. It's a pretty predictable way to fish, that's for sure. If you can see them, 
and you've got a you've got like a like I said on that on that that show you've got a um a, a decent sized clouds like a three of clouds I put a bit of glow in it put a bit of chartreuse in it and a contrasting color with black and white in there um that, you you're laughing like you know it, like we used to call those things I used to have red glow not red glow like hot red eyes on it and we used to joke around and call it the snapper vampire because because <laughs> it wasn't on social media it never took off like Jesus leaks or anything like that you know yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> anyway talk about that one day on the podcast the uh the the social media experiment that was the user's leech um that, that, yeah. that got got out of control <laughs> um but yeah there you go hopefully someone um yeah that, that does good for someone because i know some you know Stu made a comment on my on my post there about like you know i never thought of that he's fish room and he made the comment there in comparison to what he learned on the show to what he's done, that he might have moved the fly a bit more aggressively, um, and that that's true. Like if if you're stripping it and you're not getting any results, the chances are, like you know, you you're being too aggressive with the retrieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. that that rod, that 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 um, well-known fact that conventional guys will put the rod in the rod holder and and let the rod holder do the work with the soft plastic. You know that that should be good enough for you to sort of understand what I'm talking about, right there. Yeah. My my best, I would say, snapper was a squire on fly. It came from a, exactly that scenario, but done sort of accidentally. We were um, we we're casting at some some long tails around a color change, and mm. uh, and this was off uh, the one of those headlands off Caloundra. Anyway, and um, these long tails were banging right on. Moffats, wasn't it? One of them. And the um, Ellie's, yeah, <laughs> one of the uh, <laughs> there's this color change anyway. And um, Dicky, anyway, long, long tails hit it up, and and then they disappeared. They did what they did, and anyway, I'd cast out and just let left the fly in there. And I'm just sitting around talking, and it must have been slowly sinking for I don't know 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And then mm. the line rocketed off, and I was like, you know, yeah, long tail, classic long tail, but um. After a while, well, it very quickly became apparent it wasn't a long tail. The fight changed, and um, yeah, up, up slid a nice, uh, a nice squire. Um, but yeah, it was in one of those scenarios. It, it must have been a midwater reed chasing bait, but it was a, I was on an intermediate line. Great show that. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll be called the fast sinking line after this show. But hey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll look at redeeming ourselves next one. That's interesting you talk about that long tail elite. We didn't talk about that on the long tail special, but that's pretty cool when that happens, eh? Can you ex- can you expand on that, on that popularity of that and like how how actually how proven that kind of is? Yeah. Um, look, I, there's plenty of reasons why, pl- plenty of theories why it works, but you know, basically, uh, it happens quite often. Um, long tails feed differently to mac tuna i guess um it might be because they're uh, physiologically um uh, you know not good at turning tight circles like a mac tuna they're a long wheelbase as opposed to a short um you know and they they tend to i don't know anyway they move hunted smaller packs probably move in in less tighter circles and you know, long, longer straighter lines, and and when they find bait, they have a tendency to come back and look for more because they can't really. They find it more difficult to ball up when they're not in big numbers, and um, uh, this is all theory, of course. But anyway, that that sort of manifests itself in in um, situations where 
they'll they'll identify well they'll find bait normally that's around some sort of structure maybe a current edge maybe the edge of a reef something like that mm-hmm. and they'll just keep keep coming back you know if they can't find a bait ball somewhere else so they'll, they'll keep coming back to where the beef is they'll follow the beef and yeah. uh, and you know could, could be a minute might be five minutes might be 10 or 20 minutes you know might be 50 meters away might be 100 meters away they actually see them but it always pays to 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 you know investigate these sort of spots um, particularly if there's bait in the water and um you know have a have a thorough look at it and don't move around too hasty and um uh there are there are fish that'll eat a fly that's not um doesn't have to be moving um so you know a, a slowly sinking fly is just as likely to be eaten as as a fast moving one in a lot of circumstances not saying all the time but so yeah. ex- explain to us if we we're going to use that technique intentionally yeah what would we be looking at doing so I'd, I'd probably just see, you know, um, just to, to put things a little bit more in my favour, I'd, I'd find a spot where I'd seen them hitting up um, and I'd, I'd approach that area pretty slowly, really slowly. Um, I've got a few few different theories on, on boat driving, but, yeah, generally I'd, I don't like uh, changing the pitch of the motor too much. Um, so, you know, I might just stay in idle uh, and I'm very sensitive with my, my gear changes. I don't like a, a clunky gear change when I go into neutral or out of neutral um so yeah I'd approach that area slowly uh real slowly and um and I'd keep an eye on the bait and I'd probably so how um, would you keep it on the bait keep an eye on the bait well a lot of time the bait comes to you like the bait will come up to the boat but you know I'll just sort of make a, a mental roadmap of you know where I'm seeing bait what size it is um and you know it's behavior sometimes you can you can see if if bait looks nervous or if it doesn't would you yeah. be looking at electronics uh, yeah yeah definitely um in really shallow water uh it's not the first thing i do but i have been known to turn how, off my... how shallow is really shallow water two or three meters i'll turn it off yeah would that would that be the sort of depth you'd expect this dead sticking technique to work i've had it work in lots of lots of depth of water mate um, no but i mean like if you're going out to intentionally you know use this technique oh i, I guess what i'm trying to do is paint a general picture I'll probably go a little deeper yeah yeah um but yeah and and you know three meters of water if if you're fishing over a structure like a little bit of reef or rock or whatever something that's holding bait and you're using the intermediate line you know um you know you could you could end up pretty close to the bottom if you if you're not careful on a really on a really deep sink you know it's not it'll take a while but yeah you could you could end up down there mm-hmm. so, yeah i don't um yeah d- deeper water is fine i don't really find i don't really don't find water depth you know that determinant on on this technique if that's of course. that's it's what you get more about more about well what I'm getting at is, um, well, what we've, what we've covered so far is that recognizing baits in the area, um, recognizing that like, you know, if, if you're in a couple of meters of water over, over rocky structure, this is probably not going to be a technique that you're going to yeah. use without hanging up or, you know, you, you kind of need that depth of water for a fish to find it. Um, and what we've learned so far is that, uh, that, that these fish are going to hang on bait that's deep um if you know if there's you know if there's bait in the area you know so i mean 
So keeping an eye on your sounder and looking for balls of bait and looking for larger fish around those bait balls that are down deep might signify it's a good time to choose that technique, and that's kind of what we're up to. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's what you're getting at. You're building that. That's um. Yeah, it, it can be a good good technique. If I mean, I'll always try. You know, if there's a school banging around and they're fairly predictable, you know, I'm not I'm not going to go, um, uh, you know, fishing blind. Um, if there is a school around, like yeah, that, that is staying up. It's, it's yeah, nice you, you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't go out and go. And, I I headstrongly want to use this technique, although there's fish bashing to the side of the boat. Yeah, that's right. <coughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, with with complete confidence, I'll go away and, and fish that. You know, it wouldn't wouldn't bother me at all uh, having to fish that technique because it does work and works really well. Um, I did, if if I find myself in that position, though, Chris, I will uh, I will fish a slightly bigger fly, um, you know, and one that sort of has a little bit of action at a at a slower retrieve rate. So you know that might mean going from something like surf candy to uh, hey flat wing, flat wing would be perfect. Yeah, flat wing, um, you know, an appropriately tapered sort of hollow fly. Um, you know, for the longest time, I was using polar fiber minnows. Um, you know, they, they seem to have a slight, slightly bigger profile, so hence more visibility. Um, and, you know, the other one I really like is the, uh, is uh, the, you know, the, the Kim Strathern uh, was the first guy I saw use it. They called the Silicone. Uh, it was a bit different to Bob Popovich Silicone, but if you can imagine a, <clears throat> a 3D-style baitfish tied out of, um, of polar fibre, um, you know, that, that fly, uh, you know, it, it held its profile. It was quite visible. Um, and uh, I actually tie that with a few turns of lead in there so it gets down a little bit um, but also just so that it sinks faster than a fly line because um, you know I just like that more direct line of contact so mm. yeah um, I, don't, I don't mind that fly at all and you know once again the first guy I saw use that was Kim and he liked uh, he liked just a straight uh, light pink you know bubblegum pink that you know, it's become so popular amongst um, soft plastic fishermen for long sails. Um, so, yeah, that, that colour, uh, that, that's done really well. Obviously, olive over white, grey over white, you know, some of those more imitative natural sort of colour schemes, they're, they're pretty good. Um, yeah, and once again, I like going up a hook size in those style of, style of flies uh, just for the hook exposure. Um, and uh, It'll help keel too then. Yeah, it does, hey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Helps keel it. And, um, yeah, and quite often those those uh, those hits, uh, you know, when when you're fishing like that, they could be a fair bit of line out. There could be a little bit of belly in the line due to, due to um, you know, wind blowing the boat relative to the fly line. So, um, you know, having a slightly bigger hook uh, certainly helps. Um, you, know, you know, once again, I reiterate, I like that direct line of... Um, contact between the fly and the, and the uh the fly angler if possible um, mm. more positive hook sets earlier bite detection and um yeah good good technique eh? it is a good technique and like i i, I must I, I think the verbosity trophy is is gone to you for sure with this one mate that was um that was a that was a detailed explanation that's for sure it um look essentially I, if I was, if I could narrow it down to say when I when I would look at using it, which is super rare. I'd like to try it more, just out of novelty, more than anything else now. Yeah. But um, 
is when they're popping up randomly. One over, like yeah. like whack a mole. Just one yeah. over there, one over there, one over there, one over there. You can't Ooh. can't get on school. They're just singles popping up and busting up in the area. Yep. You know that would be a good time a to do it. Blouses are great flies for that. Yeah, I, I I like that. I like the idea of the hang time though. You know, like it's um, yeah. you know, maybe maybe even sinking at the same rate as a fly line. You know, maybe not maybe not in a meat line, but if I was fishing a, a fast a fast sink line, mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, forever forever I have wanted to like I've never been able to um, control my ADD well enough to be able to um, fish a fast sink line with a bigger fly around schools of tuna just to see yeah. what happens. You know. Like yeah. it's a like I mean a big fly like a, a a foot long or something like that you know to try and catch one time there was one time I caught a cobia I was with Daz and um uh, it might have been a comp it was off the lakes off Bribie I caught a mm. mac tuna and then then this cobia ate the mac tuna yes right? and yeah. man it was like taking a <laughs> I had a 10 11 Gilex Mega and I was down and dirty in that thing for so long man we to the point where daz has gone man we've got to turn around we can barely see land you know it just took us so far out like straight west uh, east it wasn't funny you know it's crazy i could not lift today it was crazy the land no nah, i didn't land it got up near the boat saw it and um and it popped 20 pounds just wore through what shit yeah but uh, I gotta be honest like it was i was kind of thankful because it took so fucking long man and i, and I wasn't I wasn't, I don't know. I could have, I should have probably popped it off earlier, but it was just too much of a cool novelty because it was during a tuna tournament as well. Yeah, right. Well, that, um, yeah, it's a bummer for the tuna tournament because it ties up so much time, but yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Just one other thing too about that, that whack-a-mole technique we spoke about. You know where it does work pretty well is against the back of a surf break because, um, you know, that surf break sort of forms a almost like a fence that they move along. Um, you know, and you know, as opposed to more of an open water sort of spot, um, probably got more of a chance of you know them running along either a contour or the back of the break or something and coming across your fly. It just gives you something to work towards. Mm, mm. Yeah, I've had them do that pretty pretty well too on, on the same same spots actually. The back front of Bribey up near the lakes, um, you know, up up Markula is a good spot for that. Um, uh, the only times I've ever seen him, you know, chase him in the back of the surf break, it's been like um, pods of four and five, and you're just casting in front of them, like you know. Yeah. But, um, um, it's never. I've never been. I've never seen the opportunity to to do. Let's call it that whack a mole technique. You know, like in in shallow water where I can see the sand. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, that that's it. You know, you got to have the right shape beach, and obviously safety comes first. You know, um, yeah, if there's any sort of swell. Pumping, you know, I'm I'm a I'm safety first, eh? <laughs> a long way back, but yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Who's are you got a mate called Swell or something? Swell, no. no. Okay, sorry, it's getting late, and I might have misinterpreted what you said there. But you know, I, there's a lot of times through the show that I do misinterpret what you say. But I, I take it as gospel, mate. You know, I I trust you. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Mate, That's a freaking Lily. Yeah. It's a good good time for tuna this uh, in winter. You know, we're in southeast Queensland. I know we're being really localized with our with our subject matter at the moment, but um, you know, there's some there's some great inshore tuna fishing going on at the moment, which is um which is pretty cool. Yeah, it can be. Eh? Um, with that calm weather and the clear water, obviously the sa- the uh, southwesterlies, westerlies, it it can um can be a few spots where the uh, the bait comes in close 
closer to land and it can be bigger bait too which you know when a long tails um when long tails get stuck into say flying fish uh sorry garfish for example um mm. you know that they really get up and smash them fuckers you know like they like they own money hey they they can be spectacular because they, yeah. they're quite a mobile and fast bait. Like, they, they can get away, and they're normally not that tightly packed. Mm. So the longies get angry as fuck, and um, and they can hit them quite hard. It's quite entertaining but frustrating as because they don't ball up. They they can be all over the place, and they're moving around really quickly. Bloody angry longies. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Someone should make a game about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, winter's winter's pretty cool. It's uh, it's yeah, I, I like winter for fishing. Yeah, winter's pretty cool, eh? Nice one. Yeah. <laughs> and in regards to your casting, make sure you keep me in the loop with how you're going, okay? <laughs> Maybe with some lessons, I could get as good as Andy, eh? <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah, you're all right, dude. Like, I mean, don't beat yourself up. You're just yeah. not as good as Andy, eh? Yeah, I know. He's a demon out to sixty, you know. So, yeah, he's pretty good. My God, it sounds like you're being condescending there towards Andy, man. You know that dude fears no fish, right? <laughs> Look, in, in all fairness, Andy's got the nicest back cast presentation I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it is just a joy to watch. And <laughs> it is very, very accurate, and he, he uses that cast very well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good back cast, good back pedaling. You know, it all goes <laughs> hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. He's a. He's a. He's a. He's, a, he's, he's very consistent. That's for sure. He, he, I can't take that away from him. The dude. Yep. The dude is very consistent in his cast. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. I mean, you're good, Volts. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know? So you, man. Like you know, I, I remember that time you did a good cast. I was really impressed. Thanks, man. I uh, I was hoping you saw that actually. Yeah, I knew, I knew you were fishing for that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I like yeah. I like that one you got. You, uh, I think it was up on your page there yeah, for a while. It was a bit of slow mo. Um, yeah, yeah, that was good too. Is that I you? might put it back up for you, man. Yeah, yeah, do yeah, it. No, no, no worries. Yeah. yeah, you go, you go. I'm sure that was a lot of uh, private message fodder for you, mate. <laughs> Look what, at happened this to, what happened to that guy who shot that? He disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, I think he's got a few tennis tournaments, things like that going on. Um, yeah, I don't know, mate. He's uh, he's just yeah, you don't see him guy much anymore. Yeah, right. So, good, good videographer. Videographer took Wonderful. some great, great footage. He did, man. Yeah, he got, he got your best angle. That was good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was seventy-eight takes before I got that cast right. Was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was basically learning before I got in the water that day. That's amazing. It is yeah. amazing. Yeah, uh, seventy-eight casts, mate. But that's why professional golfers hit a hundred balls a day, mate. <laughs> Good. Not 78 78 yeah you still got 22 to go man don't don't Heck quit yeah. you know you're only doing half the job if you do 78 you haven't finished the job you're sort of like a a bodyboarder you know you're not, yeah exactly yeah. Anilo, you know Anilo, yeah. there's two things i like to remember when uh it comes to this sort of thing is one is never give up and two is fear no fish <laughs> <laughs> Do you wonder, imagine what it would have been like in, in the Loomis factory when they came up with that? Guys sitting around the boardroom. We need to come up with a logo that defines us, you know, and really puts ourselves out there as, you know, we take no shit, you know? <laughs> um, I know, I got one, boss. I ain't afraid of no fish. <laughs> it's 
very Ghostbusters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, back to the drawing board with that one. Um, uh, <laughs> I can't think of any. I thought I was going to have a whole roll of them, a whole string of stupid things to say, but... <laughs> yeah. Can't see it happening. Man, I'm thinking through this podcast... What what title are we going to give this show for people to know what they're in for? Well, what's Maelstrom the... of crap? No, no. Yeah, it is. Do it's you a... know fish? It's like a a smorgasbord of rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, man, I, I picture it like this. You know, if you're sitting there and your time flies and you've got this part of the show and you've just been listening to us while you've been learning a new fly or or tying a gaggle of flies for when you get out of lockdown, then you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, this is something to maybe not be savoured, but light-hearted, light-hearted attempt at entertainment, maybe a bit of gentle sledging for some. Um, maybe a bit of inf- inspiration with uh, learning a new fly to tie. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you were scared of some fish, now you're not. <laughs> maybe you're from Victoria and you're wondering what the West- rest of Australia thinks. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're going to look at women shaped like a bottle in their mid-50s and go, aha, uh-huh, I see what they're talking about. <laughs> Hi Karen, we see you. Yeah. <laughs> we could very well get cancelled for this episode. Oh man. Imagine if we lose Beastbrush as a sponsor. <laughs> Jesus. That's going to make it awkward around here, that's for sure. Oh, the corporate world works in funny ways, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Certainly does, mate. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there's a few gems in tonight's show, you know, for those who are astute enough to pick up on what we're putting down or smoking what we're rolling. Hey, Volts. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, like, I think there's a lot to go on there, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, whether whether you're selecting a crab fly for going away or you're looking for a soft landing salmon Mm. fly, perhaps (laughs) you want to be like Andy. So, so it feels like this is starting to wrap up. Mm. Um, we uh, should we put a shout out for some more intros? We need some more intros, people. If you're listening to the show at this point, then you are the person we want for an intro. Yeah, that's yep. true. I think like there's a, there's a, there's a large percentage of soft cocks that were turned off by now, and you are the chosen one. Yeah, look at yourself in the mirror, point at yourself, and say you can do that intro. <laughs> I believe in you. Do you believe in them, Volts? I do. I'm talking to you, dude. You, you're listening right now. That's right, you. <laughs> you might have two first names, like Barry John or Alex Roy, <laughs> Bill Mitchell, <Yeah. laughs> Dave Bradley. <laughs> 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 Chris Heath. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Surely we've had. Yeah. We've had we've had just about every person who knows fly fishing with two first names on this show that I can think of. <laughs> we have had a few, haven't we? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I only just avoid that by one letter. You do. You do, mm. Chris. You know, mm. um, yeah, it's one of those fucking you just dodge that. 
It's by design, Tiger. Rawr. <laughs> Steve Morgan, there was another one. <laughs> isn't isn't Morgan the name of like a uh, a, a college co-ed like hot chick though? Ah, uh, Morgan. <laughs> Could be. I feel like you're right there. But there yeah. are some eminent dudes named Morgan too. Ah, uh, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I fly fish. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we've oh even, man, we've even hey? had we've even had a female angler with two first names, Kelly Jane. Oh, that's true. The name, yeah, Kelly McKenzie. Yeah, I I, I, I would have drawn that conclusion, but I, I I straight away went to Christina. I'm like, Plachko's not a real first name. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Plachko Robotovich. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. <laughs> God, I hope we get a guest next week, man. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Look, we should do, for sure. We got a we got a we got a bit more steam in us yet, folks. That's for sure. As we roll up to episode one Hanji. This is episode ninety six. The episode that probably shouldn't have happened. <laughs> There's our title. <laughs> I'm really leaning towards uh, episode 96, Fear No Fish. Fear No Fish, yeah, that'll that'll get them going. Yeah. It'll be an easy photo too. Just got to find one of those old Loomis hats. <laughs> just got to find a, a headshot of Andy. <laughs> That's all we've got to do. <laughs> the B-Man, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Benjamin Button. There he is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I know that very well. I know that uh, Andy is an avid listener to this show, and I'm expecting some negative feedback on Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll get Andy on to talk about developments in um, in toothpaste or something like that, you know? How much further can they go? It's a good question. Done yeah. everything we can do with teeth. Let's move <laughs> on to gums. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was hoping you could answer that a bit more, but let, let's um let's let's get into a, another time. Well, mate, look, what do you say we um we sign off? You know, you know that feeling we've had for the last hour. Mm, that we've gone an hour too long. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, sometimes you just know, and um, sometimes you ignore that. This show is a great example of that. Yep. Yeah, yep. That's a very good example. Happy, yeah. Well, hopefully the uh, the background music you're enjoying that, folks, and it picks up for a lot of the uh, ambience in the uh, in the tone of what's going on here. Um, big shout out to Andy Bolts for pulling the pin on tonight with only 20 minutes' notice too. Good on you, Andy. You let us down again. <laughs> Not a big deal, mate. Enjoy the VFL. Yeah. Enjoy that rat piss beer you're drinking too. Yeah, yeah. he's over in uh, in the in the past at the moment. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what he's been drinking over in WA. Swan, they, Swan, Swan Lager, something like that. Do they drink Fosters over there? Pretty sure it's Emu. Emu. Yeah. Is it a bitter or a lager? Bitter. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> We'd better get out of here. 
emu better. I'm just Googling it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to sign off, mate. Yeah, it's a bitter. Yeah, cool. Well, Australia, thanks for listening. And uh, remember to absolutely fear no fish while you're whacking a mole. <laughs> Over and out. All right. Return to duty, corporal punishment. He had the brain that never dies. Return to duty, corporal punishment. The cask is emptied every night. He's socially retarded, tries to get this party started, but brutal and unparalleled inside. What a champion! The eyes are dark and seamy. Is I'm back.